Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week, we got more stuff from the FanFest. And this time, we're going to talk about lore. We're going to not play the trailer, but we're going to kind of go over what we think the lore implications are for the expansion. A little bit of speculation, a little bit of uh, just taking some context clues and rolling with them. And on top of that, we're going to be taking a look at Volume 2 of the lore book, because we have ours. So hopefully you get yours soon. Anyway, to do that, we're going to need some people. I'm one of them. Mr. Happy. Cool. You don't care. The other one is Sly. You get, you do care here because he's, you know, Sly, a.k.a. Yeah. Gray Fox. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, I don't think they care about you either. Um, we do. I'm we, one of them. It's we, me. Yeah, so he, you know, I was going to have some fun with it. But, you know, our fucking librarian over here is uh, mm. just flipping through the book right now. So, uh, yeah, we have... Uh, we got we got Ethis. Ethis here too. Yeah, Ethis uh, the book volume two. Hey, what's up? What's up, Neds? How we doing? I'm doing good. I'm oh, doing good. I'm doing fantastic. I actually still gotta go grab mine off the back shelf, but fortunately we're gonna be talking about the trailer stuff. I keep it I keep the first and second volume nice and neat on a little mm-hmm. shelf right next to mm-hmm. some of the other 14 belongings we have. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's that's you can't see it because there's a green screen behind me. Well, there's a rock behind me for some people, but I mean that's a real rock. There's no green screen. No, no green screen. No, no. green. That's a rock. Mm. Yeah, cost wow. a lot of money to get that rock holding there. No, actually it didn't. It was it was on sale. Oh, the rock was on sale. Yeah, the rock was on sale. Okay. The rock was on sale. That's nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. It's filmed live on location, so it's pretty cheap to to do this. All right, well, mm-hmm. gentlemen. I, I don't think I've ever been more excited to talk about lore, and I'm going to say that now and say it again after 4.5 comes out, um, both part one and part two, I suppose, because mm-hmm. um, this is, I think, the first time where I've gone into a lore show and been just really ready to like mm-hmm. for some shakeups and really hopeful for some shakeups from our oh-so-predictable predicaments over the past several years as the warrior of light so i found them mostly you know very very cliche very very undone a lot of the times you know i'm just trying to think back to how many times mike has actually predicted anything that we've done sly Mm. you're you you i feel like you'd have a counter for that maybe like twice (laughs) i don't know i feel like have jesus was a phrase for a reason i'm just saying yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah because it was a miracle that you got something right. I mean, no, that's usually, what your F Jesus no, it is for. From Sly Jesus, and then because I never get anything right, and then you know, mm-hmm. half Jesus is just normal. That's just mm-hmm. a little- yeah. That's just you know, I'm 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 used to guessing correctly. Although I guess correctly about content, not always about lore. Mm-hmm. Content is like it's predictable. The lore is always like, well, probably be something like this, and then they anytime they surprise us, they just undo it a patch later anyway. Yeah. So, well. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully they won't be doing that because uh, we now have Shadowbringers mm-hmm. coming out early summer 2019. And we are going to be following a plot line that is introduced, not really introduced, but really be, they're, we're beginning to explore it more in 4.4. We're starting to build towards it a little bit more. It was first introduced all the way back in the 3.x series. But uh, I would like to say we are going to openly be talking about 4.4 here. Were you ready to spoil their cast on 4.4 a long time ago? And as such, just for anyone who might be seeing this and going like, oh, I, I can't wait to talk about Shadowbringers, but I haven't done 4.4 story yet. First of all, go do it. Second of all, spoilers. 
because 4.4 was a great story patch that shook everything up, I felt. And now I feel, see, I feel the same way about this teaser for Shadowbringers. How did you guys oh, feel? Sorry, when if you, you haven't saw done it? the 4.4 story, you probably shouldn't be watching trailers for 5.0. I mean, that doesn't stop people in the past. Yeah, that's true enough. Yeah. So, um, how did we how did we feel coming out of the the first little bit? Because for the first like I'd say like eight to ten minutes, they probably explained what at least the premise was of Shadowbringers, and uh, we had all kind of spoken about this when we first did our four point four spoiler cast. So uh, how how were how were we feeling uh, at this year? The guest, of course, you can go first. How was I feeling after watching the trailer? After well, after the first eight to ten minutes where they were going over that we had the trailer, they went over the premise. Um, mm-hmm. kind of like the main focuses and what we're going to mm-hmm. be working towards. Like, what was what was running through your head there? Because I know you. I remember I was sitting next to you during the Stormblood reveal, and I could mm-hmm. hear you like muttering certain things about like stuff we had already known and like how we were progressing mm-hmm. under your breath. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that privilege this time. Well, I I noticed that particularly after the trailer when they were talking about um, you know the zones and and the direction stuff, they were being so deliberately vague. I remember with the Stormblood reveal, it was like, all right, these zones are from these places and this is the timeline and this is what's happening. Whereas uh, for this, you know, we got we got announcements of like Am Erang and uh, the Great Wood. But I mean, we, we I don't know, we might assume that they're in Ilzabad, but we don't know. We don't know what the timeline's like. We don't know where or when or how this is occurring. Um, and it's such like, uh, at least from the trailer, it appears to be such a, a dramatic kind of shift or, or twist in the in the plot um, that it's really difficult to place like where these events are occurring. And I just think it's super, super telling that they're reluctant to kind of share those details with us. So, so much of what I was kind of trying to work out at the beginning was where is this happening? When is this happening? How is this happening? How much of this is uh, like literal kind of narrative um, uh, shown in the trailer? I mean, and how much of it is more supposed to be just like symbolic or or demonstrative of of the themes of the expansion? You know what I mean? Yeah, and we'll definitely be diving into that because uh, that's mm-hmm. about half the trailer that you just described. Of the three minutes and nineteen seconds we got to look at, Sly, how are mm. how are you feeling going into that one? Because uh, again, I didn't have the privilege of hearing if you were muttering things under your breath or not, like I I may have had. No, it was past. more is more inquisitive. You no know, looking like you know we become the warrior of darkness. Okay, why? I mean, I can kind of sense why based off what has happened and maybe what will happen, so to speak. Um. But do we, my, my questions are, do we go to another star? Do we, like, what, why specifically are we becoming the warrior of darkness? Are we replacing the past warrior of darknesses? Um, yeah, what's, yeah, I'm just mainly, I have more questions than answers right now. And that's where I think I'm at. And I think a lot of us do. That's what I'm most excited about stories when I, I have more questions than than anything else, because mm, yeah. nothing's more fun than having a question answered. At least I feel mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah. But you need enough questions to ask. And now after 4.4, we were full of all these questions. And now we don't have any answers, per se, but we have a direction. No. So now it's about filling in the blanks between what we've experienced at 4.4 and trying to figure out 
what will happen in 4.5 part one and part mm-hmm. two. And then we also have to consider how much of we, we probably have to wait for the full trailer um, to start maybe trying to piece together the remaining things because there's 4.5 stuff that appears to be omitted from the completed trailer that they won't give us till the next fan fests. So um, we, we need to figure out how much of this trailer is 5.0, how much of it is 4.5 and how much of it could be 5.1 to 5.3, which is usually where we see actual closure for the expansion. So mm-hmm. um, we can't really judge that yet without the remaining, however many minutes are left. So you're talking about making connections between 4.4 and things that we see in this trailer. Are there sort of specific parts or specific features or specific events in 4.4 that you think are uh, significant to what we're seeing in the trailer? Um, Well, I think there's things that happen in 4.4 that we then see different things in the trailer and getting from point A to B is stuff. One of the biggest things would be Thancred not Mm -hmm. no longer being in the state he's currently in. Mm-hmm. Uh, something has See, clearly changed. I wondered changed about that, him. but but maybe he is still in the state that he's been. That's in. absolutely possible that he's his. That's more metaphysical than mm-hmm. actually physical. Although he seems mm-hmm. to recognize the place where he's at, but we don't know how long he's been there. So that's the thing. Yeah, yeah I, I heard a few people like throwing around this idea that okay, well maybe we're no longer on on our shard. Um, maybe these locations are actually locations on the first. Maybe. Uh, Minfilia is the word of the mother has kind of failed to prevent this flood of light. I, d- I just want to preface this, this. This is not personally what I think to be like the most likely scenario, but it's definitely interesting to think about. Um, and that Thancred, maybe he hasn't recovered at all. Maybe he's still in a coma uh, or whatever it is that's happened to him on the source. And this is just uh, the result of his calling to whatever this other place is. And maybe we've got to, you know, follow the other scions there. Um, taking a step back a little bit mm. after we see the warrior of light kind of, uh, go through some echo related flashbacks to 1.02, to, like all the trailers from all the mm. various launches. Um, mm. yep. we then move into a scene in what we now know is the Gimlet dark, where mm. it is the culmination of the allied, the Eorzean alliance. What's is, is authored? I can't. I can't remember. This is in four point four when they're when they're at the event. I can't remember if authored if it's if it has a, a different name or if Doma's in the Orzean Alliance. I think there's like a joint name for it. Yeah, I'm just referring to it as the Alliance. It's, yeah. it's only none of the other Orthardian nations are in, involved. It's just the Domans. Yeah. All right. Yes. Uh, and we see the the banners of of each of the nations as well. Yeah. At the beginning of that scene in the Gimlet Dark. No. Um, and we see what looks to be the events that will probably take place in 4.5 dungeon wise. We know that at the end of 4.4, um, Elidibus Xenos, which they, they're not even dancing. Like at, I like at FanFest, they're no. just like, I mean, we already know it's officially confirmed in 4.4. Mm-hmm. That Wasn't it is in the as well. Yeah. They literally just said Elidibus mm-hmm. Xenos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was just, I was just glad that they didn't like try to do that they're like no listen if you know what we're talking about like you know who it is already like we don't give a you're shit it's fan fest it's fan fest motherfucker like you know what it is and uh we know he's waiting on Varus's thumbs up to attack Eorzea mm-hmm. pretty much mm-hmm. and or to attack um Doma I guess more specifically and uh he's not gonna have that option <laughs> for very much longer so uh 
I have to feel that we're getting our dungeon rematch against Xenos as a maybe not the final boss, but like maybe they could do something like they would ask in Prime in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where, what I was thinking. That's what yeah. I was thinking too. Uh, something related to, to Xenos. And this is uh, implied to be the breaking point of the light, the balance of light versus dark kind of tipping mm-hmm. and necessity rising for a warrior of darkness. So. Mm-hmm. How are we, what, what do you think, like Gimlet Dark, to get from where we are now to get to Gimlet Dark seems pretty hasty, in a sense, for just part one of the patch. So how do we, how are we getting there? It's like, how, how are we going from where we are right now, where, hey, two people are in a coma, and Solace is back, and when there's an ass, and it's all Asian related stuff, to the Gimlet I'm Dark thinking, in a few, pa- in a few quests? Yeah, I'm thinking... Either Elidibus or Solace is the catalyst for us getting to the Gimlet Dark. I don't know how. I don't know. Like, I kind of can, you know, you kind of, like, surmise how we would get from point A to point B. But yeah, it, it has to be It has to be something from their side, from the Asian slash um, Garlean side to get us to that point, to make us, to give us a need like why well, there has to be we... a huge escalation of some kind. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be the only way is for Solace to escalate it, which I think, which is highly likely at this point, or Elidibus. And um, yeah, yeah, I honestly think just Solace right now. Well, we've already seen um, a potential for that escalation in the Black Rose. Sure. Um, and the fact that the Black Rose has actually been used against the population um as alfino and uh guys i mean uh shadow hunter has mm-hmm. has uh, has shown us so i mean like knowledge of the garlands uh, basically possessing and and being willing to use this you know um mass chemical weapon would be more than enough i think to to kind of scare the alliance into seriously seriously escalating right right that also implies that Shadowhunter and Alphano relay that information back. We know that that uh, Maxima is gonna, mm-hmm. you know, he's gonna be making some sort of contact with LSA, mm-hmm. and, and Maxima has been with them. Yes. Yeah. So that lines up in terms of mm-hmm. what they've they've kind of revealed so mm-hmm. far. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, yeah, I think Black Rose is a pretty solid theory in terms of escalation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's very likely that Gimlet Dark is going to have aspects of the Black Rose present, you know, because mm-hmm. he's not going to, they're not going to just show up and fight. This is, this is not real Xenos that's doing this. He is not the Playfair, you know, hunt yeah, my quarry not. kind of guy mm. anymore. He just wants to, he's doing Asian things, mm-hmm. which then raises the other question. We still have to fit real Xenos into everything that's happening. Or who we're still presuming uh, is real Xenos. Yeah. I mean, that that may or may not pay off in this expansion. That might be something that comes later. So there was, there was one thing. Tin, tinfoil hats back on for a moment, please. Everyone, everyone got their tinfoil hats? Okay. All right, good. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, so uh, part of the voice over here. Mike, that's ridiculous. It's not tinfoil, but it's... No. Close. It's like al- aluminium. It's close enough, yeah. I guess. It's probably it probably insulates even better, honestly. Um, so uh, where are we? okay? So the voiceovers in in the in the trailer, 
how many years have come since that day? How many years since I waited for this moment? For the one that stood alone against the storm. The one that stood alone against the storm. We're assuming that that's us, right? Yeah, based on context yeah. of, uh, you know, our eyes zoom in. Right. Well, I, I just want us to entertain for a moment the idea that the warrior of light could represent a storm and nothing has really stood against us in a meaningful way. Um, and we've just kind of blown through every adversary, every assy and everything that's been thrown against us. What if the one that's standing against the storm was Xenos? What if Xenos was, was our kind of equal and antithesis in a way that nothing ever has been and was subsequently, uh, making a, a, a balance because they said them. they called us the warrior of light in the trailer <laughs> That's yeah the very next okay line. so for the one they stood that stood alone against the storm for the one they called the warrior of light, warrior of light. again we assume that that's talking about the same thing it could be talking about two different things the one that stood against the storm the one they called the warrior of light it's not necessarily the one who stood against the storm the one they call the warrior of light you know what i mean that's the version of it i'm going with Right, and I and I agree personally, but I just think that maybe it's possible that Xenos is is far more important to this concept of balance than we've realized so far. Maybe it is, in fact, there's the one who stood against the storm, and then there's the one that they called the Warrior of Light, and that's two different things. It's worth maybe it's, Xenos it's, stood against the storm. It's it's worth at least keeping the noggin there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say at the very mm -hmm. least. Oh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely overthinking it, but, but that's kind of the point of this trailer and the fact that we've got so little information at the moment about the expansion sort of lets us kind of run wild with these ideas. And I just want to make it clear that this is not like something that I'm, I'm predicting. I'm just thinking that we need to sort of approach this from as many different angles as we can. I mean, don't, I've been doing the same thing. There's, there's nothing to indicate my personal feelings towards the expansion heavily dealing with Unakalhai. Other than mm -hmm. uh, the entire theme seems to be balance, and mm -hmm. Kalhai is not meant to be a force of good or bad per se. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. em he's employed under a litibus for the purpose of balance. Mm -hmm. That's that's what his entire being is 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 meant to exist. He was too late in his own world, and mm -hmm. why would a litibus deploy him to you know deal with the warring triad here? when that literally goes against everything the Asians have kind of done up to this point with teaching all the beast tribes and everything like he he must mm -hmm. he must see that the warring triad is would to, if unleashed is too far in one direction yeah Sinai. basically well litibus's idea was that if the warring triad were released to their full power at the same time there was no way that we'd be able to stand up to them yeah and the whole point of of litibus's kind of primal escalation is that they, he makes sure that the primals are growing in power as we're growing in power and that that's not kind of getting tipped out of balance, right? Right. So I feel like mm -hmm. Unukai, it's almost unavoidable that he plays a role here. A little bit in Unukai, I expect to play very, very major roles mm -hmm. here. I expect minor for Unukai. Oh, okay. I suspect so, Mike. Do you do you think that the 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 cloaked child is Unakalai? I think I can't tell if it's a woman or a boy. I can't tell if it's a little girl or a little boy. I it just, feels I like think, she had female features. I can't yeah, tell. She's so young that I can't tell with a, with a thing, robe yeah. on. It does look very feminine, but the thing is, like, 
I mean, look at look at Alphino, for instance. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, okay. So, so we see we see like the chin and the jaw and the lips. I just want you to imagine, like, take Alphino and just like look at his look at like the the bottom half of his face. Also, looks like very kind of soft and feminine, right? Can't I mean, you can't, is, you can't he, get away from this joke since two since like two point oh Alphino. That's is, it. You'll always be. Alize and Alphino mixed up. Yeah. Every, 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 one of my favorite scenes in 2.4 is like, get the little girl mm-hmm. <laughs> yelling about Alphino. Well, I guess if, if we're talking about the little girl, we might as well take this tangent. A lot of people think that it's Minfilia. Minfilia. And, and I mean, again, this is sound because we know nothing about who this is or about the context of this scene. It's sound because we have absolutely no information. But at the same time, it, it seems like completely unfounded to me. And I, I, I'm not sure I understand why it's such a popular theory. Well, because Thancred's Thancred, always been, he's always seen himself as her protector. So a reborn version of her, he'd be like, mm-hmm. he, he, would, he would assume that role immediately mm-hmm. with like, without anyone asking him to. Oh, no doubt. But Thancred would also do that for just about anyone. For else. her, though, it's, it's on a whole other level. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I, I've heard a couple of people saying, okay, may, maybe this is like a time travel thing. And maybe we're back in the time of, of uh, like Echo 1.0. So, so the, the very, very young Minfilia that we see in the Echo cutscenes at the beginning of Uldar, maybe, maybe that's what's going on here. Um, another possibility is that in order to travel to the first, Minfilia would have had to give up her, her body, right? Yeah. Um, and that if she wants to travel back to the source, she'd need a new body. So she's either possessed one or, or created one or whatever. And it's this, you know, more kind of fragile childlike form. So, so those are both uh, possibilities. But again, it just seems like, it seems like a reach. It seems like there's got to be simpler, more elegant explanations for who this person is. And Unakala is not completely, uh, not completely unbelievable. I think I think it's unlikely, but I think maybe. so too. Hmm. I, I I've I've kind of quite liked the Minfilia theory mm-hmm. quite a bit. Mm-hmm. The dra- the mm-hmm. kind of robes that she's wearing underneath are very similar to what she's wearing when you see her in uh, her otherworldly state. Mm-hmm. The hair you can't really see any hair; you just see the, like mm-hmm. said the bottom half of the face. So, but, that, but that's very like a, it's a very thematic thing, right? Yeah. Is Minfilia being uh, presented as emissary of light, yes. and and the, the sort of uh, juxtaposition, the dissonance between light and darkness is such a, a, an important part of this trail. It's going to be such an important part of, I guess, the aesthetic and the theme of this expansion that it's it's sort of uh, you know dressed and presented in a similar way uh, for that reason. I guess. Do we do we have any ideas of what what else this child could be? Maybe. No, I mean, it's some sort of, no matter how you look at it, even if you look at, I was about to bring it up, chat's bringing up the box art again. It's mm-hmm. literally a child surrounded in light in mm-hmm. the box art as well. Could it be Minfilia and Thancred's child? No. no, I don't think that they ever, a, I don't think that ever happened. I don't, I don't. Be, we don't know, do we? We don't know <laughs> that. Could it? Could it? You're, open, you're opening up a whole subreddit of, of fan art that I just don't want. Ooh, <laughs> A whole subreddit of fan art that's been going since 1.0, you mean? She was like 15 um, in 1.0. All right. Yeah, well, no one cares about that, do they? No one's ever cared about that. Um, all right. Well, here's, here's, uh, here's another one. Uh, it's got kind of gray-white hair, very pale features. 
these things are are very kind of uh, oh, it's Gandalf. Gandalf, yeah, it's young Gandalf. Gandalf. Young Gandalf, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, from the little we can see of her or him or it, whatever it is, vaguely like Garlean features. Maybe it's a lost kind of Anastasia's style heir to the Garlean throne, and that an important part of excising the Asians and deposing Varus and getting rid of Xenos and Solus and Elidibus is going to be kind of filling that vacuum and preventing the world from descending into chaos by, I mean, we've talked about this before, by rather than destroying Garlemald, uh, reforming it back into a republic or a kingdom. And some part of that might be, you know, finding and identifying this lost hidden air that we have to protect at all costs, right? Maybe. So you're thinking this dives into the war of succession? Sure, it could. Why not? Why the hell not? The War of Succession can be going on at the same time as we're approaching a, a flood of light or, or, or astrally aspect of calamity or whatever, and we've got to protect this child and kind of get through this uh, calamity and, and, and deal with the Galian War of Succession and kind of emerge to the other side in some way. Um, that that uh, I mean, the only thing that we can say for sure about this child is that she or he is incredibly important, incredibly valuable and must be protected at all costs, right? So we need to think about what it is that she could represent that would um, uh, reach that kind of value, right? Also to consider that if that's a child of light, the fact that light-infused creatures mm. are hunting hunting him or her mm. is uh, mm. also a pretty, a pretty odd yeah, it's, it's prospect. Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? Either to retrieve her or... Uh, or any well, such thing. I mean, if it's Minfilia, Minfilia's soul is kind of fused with that of Heidelin. Maybe Heidelin has become so weak or another calamity has occurred and Heidelin can't sort of maintain um, her, her form or her, her life or whatever that we've literally had to put her in a human body, right? Um, right. Or maybe... Maybe going back to the whole thing about Xenos bouncing against the Warrior of Light, maybe it's Xenos in another body and we need to protect I, I thought about that about five minutes ago and I'm like, I'm not going to say. Yeah. Well, I, maybe, you know, if Xenos is important to this ideal of balance, if, if, if Xenos needs to kind of stand opposed to the Warrior of Light, um, maybe it's Xenos in another body and we need to protect Xenos. I hope it does. But really, would that be a twist? Willingly. Like he, it looks like he's enjoying it, so to speak, quote unquote. But Thancred enjoys everything. Really, Thancred, but Thancred finds something to enjoy in, in all things, right? Right. But mm -hmm. would he? He would really. I think he would be kicking and screaming at the fact that he has to drag Xenos along rather than well, be thrilled. Maybe he doesn't know, or maybe he understands that it's for for the the sake of. Uh, you know, safeguarding the realm, right? Again, I, 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 none of these things I'm saying, I, I, I don't want anyone to think that these are my theories and I don't want people going onto Reddit and being like, well, Ethos says that it's Xenos. I'm, I'm just, we're just spitballing, okay? Yeah, so go just, to Reddit right now and post Go it. to Reddit right <laughs> And I'm, I kind of want to like shift gears here a little bit oh. and not get too far ahead. Please. Why, like my next thought, which we kind of dived into it a little bit, why is everything on the port? Uh, so okay. I actually have, think that has no relevance. Really? 
I mean, there, but there's, I feel like there's too much in it. Well, like it's really three things, but like three things too much to like be such a coincidence. One, do you want the long answer or the short answer? It's we've got, I've got beer. We got a show. Let's go long. Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you the short answer first. It's not Amber. It's not. Okay. All right. Um, the long answer is if I can perhaps start by drawing your attention to page. Yeah, let me use this opportunity to go grab mine real quick. It's just right here. <laughs> page uh, 150, Lost City of Amdapur, no. right down the bottom. Kuribu. Created by Amdapuri Magi to protect their city, this winged golem is animated by gems infused with the power of white magic. To better contend with Void Scent, it is said to have been made in the image of transcendent beings from yet another plane. So this is the transcendent being that we're dealing with, not Kuribu. This, okay, I, yesterday I went and soloed Kuribu, right? Uh-huh. And I only used one job. And it didn't break any of my weapons. And I killed it in like 20 seconds. This thing is kicking out us. So it's the trans. And more than that, this thing is not a statue. This thing has hair. This thing has eyes. It's this more thing- lifelike. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want to hear about like, oh, well, it's just, uh, you know, engine uh, limitations or whatever. No, we can make things look lifelike. It's, it's, it's very deliberately like not a statue this thing so it's whatever this this thing is whatever the kuribu statues are based on it's whatever inspired the ambiporia and it can be it could be a number of things it could be um like a light void scent perhaps with the first shard uh uh, you know approaching this flood of light maybe maybe things will start transforming there in the way they started transforming on the the 13th shard and uh, given that we're approaching a calamity and the uh, ethereal uh, membrane between worlds is like very, very thin. Like you remember mm. uh, in 1.23b, leaning up to the calamity, there were just voids in everywhere, absolutely everywhere. And, and, and it is explained thus because um, approaching the calamity, the ethereal membranes were sort of so thin that it was really easy to kind of pass through them, right? So Void Scent were taking that opportunity. So it could be possible here that something similar is happening. It could be possible that we're approaching a flood of light uh, on the source and that subsequently that is transforming things into, you know, into Kuribu and other sort of light aspected monsters. Okay. Uh, it's possible that I guess that they are Amdapori and that we've just been really badly nerfed and that, you know, maybe something's causing Amdapori golems to wake up, but I don't think so. I think that's like the least likely. I, I no. think the only, the only thing we can say for certain is that again this trailer is sort of crafted in such a way to to establish this dissonance between light and darkness and that subsequently it would be very easy to overstate like the narrative significance of these encounters like what's important is that we're seeing uh the warrior of light having to transcend all these things that we've been previously like you know, it wasn't sufficient to be a 1.0 archer. It wasn't sufficient to be a 2.0 warrior, to be a, a 3.0 dragoon, to be a 4.0 uh, samurai or uh, or monk. We had to, uh, you know, overcome that in order to destroy this thing. Yes, Mike. So uh, I missed like 30 seconds of it. 
but I just I I think it's very much in the vein of the Hrace Felger problem of the 3.0 trailer where they said, "Hey, we have Words. we need we have this theme yeah. that involves light," and they just have assets for these light based. I I don't. That's they're just like, well, they're light, and we'll fight them in the trailer just symbolically. I don't think yeah. these are. I, I think that's that's definitely what's happening. That's not necessarily all that's happening, however. True, and and I go back to like the whole coincidence thing. First thing being the gremlin. Uh, it's been thrown around that the gremlin is possibly get T malice or get a T malice and the description of get a T malice. If you don't remember, he is one of the hunt ranks. Yeah. The first among gremlin, the first among gremlins in saltiness of speech, get a T malice finally lost its place in the court after one too many contumelies. Get T malice wouldn't be the first to fall out with its gremlin mates. Thin skin and big mouths make for an uneasy combination. Mm-hmm. So, Get AC Malice on Depori, obviously, and then you have you have what could possibly be the a Karibu or what the Karibu is based off of, and then the Winged Lion. Mm-hmm. Like three coincidences all on Depori. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I I think it's more because the Amdapori uh, didn't develop these golems until they learned about the Mark uh, summoning and weaponizing Void sets. And they specifically went and and basically created weapons that would be diametrically opposed to this sort of you know dark and, and umbral uh, aspected weapons of Mark um, to sort of mitigate them and combat them, and that's how they sort of came across the the, the Kurubu and these other sort of you know light aspected uh, uh, monsters. They decided to make kind of golem uh, copies of, right? Mm-hmm. So. Again, with the theme, us having to fight against light, there possibly being a flood of light coming or an astrally aspected calamity or something like that. It, it makes sense that things are looking this way um, without really being Amdapori. I really don't think that they are Amdapori. I think that that is incidental. I think, I think Mike is definitely right and that it's supposed to be uh, it's supposed to be thematic. It's supposed to be, um, uh, how'd you put it, Mike? I, I just said, I, I think they literally were just handed ass, uh, assets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they made something with those assets for a trailer that was simply symbolic of, yeah. But they could have picked any other asset. Why would they just choose one? Well, I say the, that many, there's I don't, that yeah. many angelic kind of light aspected assets in the game that are not Amdapori. Because that was Amdapur's like whole shtick. I kind of struggled to yeah. think of of any others. And honestly, the Gremlin isn't necessarily Amdapuri either. Um, we do see Gremlins in Amdapur, but Gre- they're, they're void sense. Yeah, that's what they are. Literally, they're literally void sense. Again, if we're approaching uh, a calamity, if the uh, ethereal walls are kind of thin between the worlds, then we're going to be seeing all kinds of this sort of shit, um, both light and dark aspected. Yeah, I don't. I don't think this is a literal event that takes place. I think it's very akin to the 3.0 trailer. It's like in the 4.0 trailer, motherfucker just kills the Garleans, and the, dude, the Sekka Sagumi would be on his ass in fucking seconds mm-hmm. in the 4.0 trailer if he was fucking knocking out Garleans. The Garleans wouldn't do that shit either. They know they they kind of do try, but it doesn't go mm-hmm. quite like that. 
We wouldn't just be mm-hmm. walking away, be like, yeah, go set to you. What's up? And that's that's it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just literally think they had assets for these light aspected creatures. They were told to make a trailer symbolic of the struggle of light versus dark. And that's that's the end of it. I don't think any I don't think anything in that trailer is like an actual event that takes place other than the Gimlet Dark. The Gimlet right. Dark and the thing with Thancred, I think, would be symbolic of actual events. Mm-hmm. And the action and the thing with the gremlin, you know, taunting us. I don't. I think that whole battle there is just showing. Hey, this whole time we've been light. It ain't working. We're darks now. They're also mm-hmm. scrubs because his archer is level fifty, his warrior is level fifty, his dragoon's level sixty, his monk and his samurai are seventy, and his dark knight's the only one he leveled to eighty. So that's that's why he's that's why he did dick that's for true, damage. It's the only the whole one that's time. got the new AF. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so so the other thing, um, which I thought was was kind of funny, is. Um, the the debuff that the gremlin applies uh what's it called misery yeah mm-hmm. it gives you vulnerability up and maybe it is just a normal karubu and it's just kicking our ass so hard because we got vulnerability up there you go and and maybe maybe it's got nothing to do with dark knight maybe it's just like after 20 seconds the the debuff wore off you know doesn't explain all the job changing but okay Maybe it's it. purely mechanical. I, well, who knows? I, I just think there isn't much weight to hold on the actual scene of him fighting the Karibu thing. Nor do I, I think, think there's much weight on the Thancred fighting the Amdipori lion statue thing. I think there is so much weight. I'm just saying because of, of you know, we're hearing Arbit's voice. We, we, we've got all of these allusions back to Arbit, you know, become the warrior of darkness. It's like, we just can't, like, have that material and not think back to the fact that Arbit's world is about to succumb to a flood of light and that subsequently a flood of light would be causing these sorts of things to appear. Again, it, 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 we, we can't like say anything for certain. I think that the most important thing about the trailer is that it's symbolic, but if it's only symbolic and, and that this has absolutely no like narrative significance, then I'm going to be really disappointed. I think. All I know is is that Koji told us that a flood of light isn't like a flood of darkness. Yeah. A flood of light is 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 literally everything's gone and that's it. Yeah, once it's happened. Yeah. Like once it's resolved. That's that's not to say that uh, again, you remember when we were approaching our last calamity, leading up to it, all these horrible things start to happen as as the world sort of falls apart, right? And and definitely like when a when a flood of light is completed, when when it's you know finally resolved, there's nothing like no life, just just white. Um, but it's not to say that there isn't a whole lot of shit that starts happening leading up to that moment, right? Well, we've already started that with the ether imbalances at the very least. We have, yeah, yeah, we have. So I don't, I don't think a flood of light would really be an instance of like everything is fine and then suddenly everything's gone, right? Because nothing happens like that in Final Fantasy XIV. And if it does, then, I mean, that's, what's the fun in that, right? We'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. We I will. I'm going to, you know, it's one thing I'm really hoping for in 4.5. I hope mm-hmm. they use the roleplay feature for us to play as Gaius or Varus. One of the two. Why Varus? Because he's he's kind Why of not? he's he's causing a bit of imbalance himself because he's 
realizing this this cause he thought was just this whole time he's not he's just a puppet and he's not happy about that mm-hmm. so he's along the same lines of Gaius well that's of. why that's why Solus had to come back because Varus was like allowing the uh the the uh populares to flourish and, and, and allowing people to have ideas about reforming and establishing sort of peace with the with the uh the the subjugated nations yeah so, so he, you're right yeah so he is i i don't know i i have a feeling we get a a, a vera sacrifice kind of thing mm-hmm. coming up I, I have a feeling he's not gonna much i think he's gonna be one of our losses fairly soon <laughs> i don't have much confidence in him living i also want guys just because i want to see guys and Thancred fight together and him Thank and Gaius teaches Thanker. They they both those two should get along real well, despite everything that happened, because they both hate La Habrea so much. They both have a real big a problem point. with La Habrea. That's a good point. They can yeah. hang out and bitch about La Habrea together. Yeah, and they can learn about gun blades and shit together. It's gonna be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Alright. I so, ship it. Yeah, there you go. That's 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 again on that Reddit that, you know, just Yeah, I'll ship it. Too much fan art. Fan art. Too much fan. Yeah, thank and guys. Let's see it, everyone. Let's not. All right. Let's see it. All right. Any any other key aspects of the trailer before we dive into the lore book more directly? <sighs> I think we kind of like really dove into it. So like, we kind of touched the main things of the trailer, the uh, the flashbacks, um, Dan Crit, and then, of course, mm-hmm. you know what we saw with the Karibu and the Winged Lion and. Um, the, the girl with Ancred. So yeah, I think we touched mm. on everything. I, I think I think it's worth noting the the voice. There's still a bit of debate about that. Um, Arbert, you mean? Yeah. Um, and uh, I know a lot of people listening to it in English and Japanese have been saying that it sounds a little bit like Alphino's voice, and that maybe it's an older Alphino sort of speaking from the future, or maybe it's an Alphino sort of like trying to sound more mature or older or serious or whatever. Um, when you cross-reference it with the German and the French, they sound nothing like Alphino's German and French voices, and they sound, again, exactly like Arbit's. So I'm pretty sure it's Arbit. But again, that doesn't mean that it is necessarily Arbit, because the whole point of Arbit's character is that he looks exactly what the Warrior of Light looks like in all the trailers, and he's supposed to be like a reflection of the Warrior of Light. So this could be used as like a placeholder for our voice the protagonist's voice speaking to himself either internally or through a calling from the future or whatever it is Could but it's be. definitely Albert's voice actor well that's uh, another interesting detail i'm interested to see because they have a whole character model for the warrior of darkness in all the the press releases and stuff and mm. i'm curious if that's just dark knight armor if this is like a character that's supposed to represent kind of arbert in a sense, mm. in his like fully fledged warrior of darkness is ish kind of thing, like he mm-hmm. to make him the guy from the trailer in a sense, like mm-hmm. as literal an interpretation as possible. I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest, a time skip, um, time skip of like you know future, you know Alpha no wouldn't be that far fetched because when you think about it, back in Heaven's War, the entirety of Heaven's War was done through the pages of um, Fort Tom's diary. Hmm. So it yeah, but we haven't come back to that. I forgot point. about the diary. Like that, like that was yeah. more. Uh, that was more a narrative device than anything. I mean, it's possible. It's yeah. I mean, it's possible. I guess 
And there's the whole, you know, in the voiceover, how many years have come since that day? How many years have I waited for this moment? People are looking at that and thinking of time skip. But again, people, people are assuming that, um, that what the voiceover is referring to is the same moment as the action that's happening on screen, which is in the Gimlet Dark with the Warrior of Light and Xenos, and people thinking, oh, well, it must have been years since the Gimlet Dark. And I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of remembering, like, literally every trailer we've had, there's always been a dissonance between what the voiceover is referring to and what the action is actually portraying, right? So that years, how many years, it could be... Could be anything, honestly. Has there ever been? I don't. I don't. I think around. I don't think any of them have ever had voiceovers like this one has. Heaven's Word. Nope. Nobody said shit. Stormblood. Mm. Nobody said shit. I've said this is the first one that we've had voiceovers for, and it worked really well. Um, yeah, it did. The change in direction mm-hmm. to have this like ominous voice kind of narrating the trailer was uh, a welcome That's change. True. That's the closest thing we've ever had to a voiceover. Is is just. Susan Calloway's lyrics. Yeah, and the 1.0 trailer, the El- the Ellison and the the Mikote talking shit, like yeah. wasting my fucking brain cells. Yeah, but yeah. it's nothing significant. And then we say this one, and that <laughs> that's mm-hmm. it. The warrior like goes that one, and points mm-hmm. to one of the leave quest things, and mm-hmm. that's it. We've had, never had like a voice kind of thing. It was always just yeah, not no. like this. Yeah. Yeah, just not like this. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of things I want to see happen, but there's nothing indicative of the trailer, so we can leave that probably. It's going to be fun because mm-hmm. we'll probably have to do two lore shows, probably do one on 4.5, part one, and part two, because I don't think we're going to be able to wait two months to talk about part one. <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm not going to be able to wait two months. No, God, no. Let's do it. On top of that, yeah. Four Lords finale coming up, yeah. which is going to be interesting. Yes. We, we're not... Koryu is not oh, the yes. final encounter we have. I mean, we don't know what could happen in the Siryu encounter. Maybe Koryu is in the Siryu encounter. Who knows? But I doubt it. I'm feeling Koryu's yep. solo solo instance and whatnot. But there's a lot of lore it's points just... that are going to be wrapped up between Ivalice, Four Lords, Patch 4, yeah. like everything. So. Ivalice as well is going to be a huge one. It's going to be huge. Ivalice is going to be... I, I wonder how important Ivalice is going to be for the expansion. Because while it wasn't in the trailer, they did talk about the Rectica Greatwood and that's no doubt Viera, Viera land yeah. right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Amarang is, uh, do you know what Orang means? Because that's dragon speak, isn't it? Yeah. I'll, it's definitely dragon, but it's not a word that we know. Like, um, that's definitely dragon. Yeah. That's, um, hang on. <laughs> He's got it. He's got mm-hmm. it on the ready. I might, I might have it. I'm, I'm not sure whether I worked it out. It's, it's definitely an adjective. And then orang has got to be a noun, but yeah, we have a very kind of dragon speaking here. We have a very incomplete knowledge of dragon speak. I know what uh, gimlet means. Gimlet is Rogan. Yeah, I saw your screenshot. Oh, you did. Okay, on Twitter. Well, okay. No, say it for them. Say Say it for them. them. I'm trying to find it. Fucking hurry up! I can find it on your own Twitter faster than you can find it. Uh, oh yeah, okay. It means modest light. And I thought this was really interesting as well. Is that we're going to this this light place, this place of light, and we're making it dark. Like the place wasn't dark before this event. The gimlet dark. Gimlet gimlet has become dark. I like that. Again, it's this dissonance between light and dark. Like literally, right there in the name of the dungeon, which is really cool. Yeah. 
And it's also Roganin, so that would have to mean that the place we're going to is a Roganin, like, was a native land of the Roganin, yeah. I'd have to imagine. Yeah, but unfortunately that doesn't help as much, because that could be in Giribanya, but that could also easily be in the northwest of Orthad or in the southwest of Ilzabad. So Those are all the different Roganin tribes. Yeah, there's Roganins everywhere. <laughs> so It's not like Dusk Whites, where we can probably... Narrow yeah, that down. Yeah, only really in one place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. All right. All right. Well, uh, if if that's all we've got going forward, because you can't really dive too much into Ivelisse too much without four point five in yeah. hand, we now have yeah. this bad boy to go over. Yo. Volume two of Encyclopedia Eorzea. So I know Ethos has read the whole thing. He had a nice long sixteen hour flight to do so. I did. Yeah. Uh, Sly, how much have you uh, story time joy through this so far? Uh, I picked up bits and pieces. Um, uh, one interesting point was the uh, leave cards or the legends behind. Yeah, they were really cool, weren't they? Yes. This quick lore question in the chat: Where did Mikote come from? They migrated north from the lands of Maricidia after one of the Umbral Calam. Oh no, that's not it. No, that was that was the typo. They came from Ilzabard. Oh, Ilzabard, my bad. Yeah, the typo got mm-hmm. you. Yeah, Ilzabard, but they yeah. did they did come during the. That's the, the age calamity. of endless frost. Yeah, the age of endless frost. That typo is a killer one. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, they traveled south. Um, I mean, well, not to say that they'd never been in Aeorzea before, but like, yeah, more recently. Yeah, uh, yeah, walks over the frozen sea. There you go. All right, well, uh, gentlemen, we have several books that we had to look at. We had the first book, Heidelin herself. We had the second book, Her Tales. The third book, her lands. The fourth book, her servants. The fifth book, her bounds. The sixth book, her designs. The seventh book, her burdens. And the eighth book, her creatures. Her creatures I was the most interested in because I was like, how many more creatures are going to pop up in there? Quite and some, yeah, some of my favorite segments actually come from that. Speaking of the Lukavi, speaking of the auspices. Okay. Speaking yeah, of the auspices uh, and the Lukavi were very cool. Now, the legendary creatures page I thought was especially interesting because three of the four things on that page are mounts. And mm-hmm. one of them isn't, and I really want it as a mount, and that would be Coral Regina. <laughs> I want I want a Coral Regina mount. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, that'd be a pretty cool mount. Yeah, yeah that'd be all right. Yeah. Um, so um, what was your favorite entry? Is so, that a good place to start, maybe? Well, you you and I were speaking about Tamamo goes in before mm-hmm. we uh, before we started the stream, so. Um, I actually, yeah, so the section I had actually read about first, because I've tried to avoid reading too much about Tabamo Gozen, because I feel like that's going to be integral to, uh, to, uh, like, we're going to get a huge chunk of that in the game if you, uh, if you, uh, receive it. For anyone who missed the Mm -hmm. announcement, uh, the QB, or Tabamo Gozen, will be the mount you receive for getting all the doggos from all Mm -hmm. of the Stormblood primals, and that usually comes with a cutscene explaining the origins and the history and the background of it. So I figured it would be dialogue in the game, so I didn't read that. But I did read the occupation of Garlemald and the expansion of their empire, and that kind of tells you a little that bit about so good. Tamamo Gozen, um, in oh that uh, they actually detail the days of Lord Kayan standing against mm-hmm. Garlemald, mm-hmm. and uh, there's some other interesting things about that. The use of geomancy to bring down airships was mm-hmm. a big one. We already knew that geomancy was big, you know, Back in those ages, um, and on top of that, I just really wish that we'd seen this. It's so awesome! Like the idea. So uh, obviously, air superiority was the 
main reason the Garlands managed to conquer all of Ilzabad and Orthard so easily. But uh, the Domans had a cadre of ninjas and, uh, and geomancers standing on top of the Dairyu moon gates. And as the Garland armada was sort of trying to fly over, they were basically pulling them out of the air by manipulating wind currents and sort of uh, causing them all to crash. And then like down below, there was uh, all the samurai fighting alongside the auspices, like Tamamo Gozen, just like absolutely shredding the Garlands. Oh, I just really want to see like an echo cutscene or participate in that battle some way. It just sounds, oh, it's so metal. <laughs> <laughs> so metal so metal i i this this is probably like my favorite two pages of the whole book as well just talking about the the military campaigns of uh of garlemald in uh in Othad. yeah especially going there their occupation the strategic occupation of dalmasca which mm -hmm. um you know we've again we said we can't talk too much about evil east but we have been to dalmasca already mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh in the royal city of rabbin Aster, and we know kind of uh, how much of the foothold they've really lost on that side, because if they can't pass the burn, it doesn't matter if they still had the occupation and the strength there. But uh, mm. they do not have that kind of strength anymore. Well, they can they can cross the burn. They just have to try and do it on foot. And it's again, unlikely. this this story is really interesting because the the first time Solus tried to invade Othard, it was up. it was by land, and it was by using like landborn like uh, Magitek walkers. Uh, and try and cross the burn, and they failed. They got like all, all the machina got like fucked up by you know bits of sand and stuff getting caught in their gears, and they had to give up. And it took them like five years before they developed kind of sufficient uh, 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 airship technology to be able to uh, fly down to uh, to Dalmasca because they were originally intending on just going like straight for Doma. Um, yeah, so it's really kind of indicating how much of a problem they have now, having had to destroy Rabanaster and having to go through the burn again. It could take them a really, really long time. And of course, there's that uh, pesky that, barrier uh, that we put up. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So it's going to be really, really tough for them. So I think that's going to force them to go after Alamigo first again. And yeah. that maybe the Gimlet Dark is more likely to be in Girabanya. That's how I feel. I feel it's Girabanyan. That's that's the direction mm -hmm. I'm. We've stayed away from Girabanya so much this expansion. I'd like to go back there in some capacity. We've stayed away from Alamigo, period, so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be going back there, but it's unsure. It's uns it's yeah. unsure. Yeah. So again, the thing with Tamama Gozen is that Tamama Gozen had to surrender to the Aramatama uh, in order to like fight the Garlands effectively. She had to like, you know, un, 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 sort of surrender to her rage. Um, and that's why she's still like, you know, wild and, and why we have to fight her as a fate, which is really interesting. Um, but yeah, the, the Garlands eventually just kind of overwhelmed the Domans by sheer fucking number of, of Magitek. Um, and of course, all the, the Shinobi traitors and, uh, and all that. Shinobi Trader scares me in terms of them getting back to Doma, just because hmm. I'd imagine they'd purged a lot of them. But there's, you know, there's there's ways to coerce people always in war. Mm. So, well, yeah, that's true enough. There's always that concern. Uh, Sly, what's what's one of the sections you've read so far that that's kind of caught your attention? 
like I said, the uh, section on the um, legends of the leave quest or behind the leave quest. Uh, the leave quest. Page, yeah, page the Saints of the Twelve, page twenty six. Saints of the Twelve. Try speaking in the mic. Slide. <laughs> I I'm do sorry, all I'm the. Sorry. I, mean, I, had to, I had to put this to the side because it's too big for my fucking desk, and I can't put it without. <laughs> so, yeah, page twenty six. The Saints of the Twelve. So, did you have a favorite one of these stories? Um. I believe it was Saints going back. The call of Saint Reacher. Let's Promptitude. see. Promptitude. Promptitude. Wait, which one? Uh page 29. Top of the page. Oh, okay. I was yep. doing the wrong thing. Yeah, top of the page on 29. Promptitudes. Okay. Are, are we gonna have a little oh, bit of page too soon? Here we go. I can yeah, have, read it for I us. It's not long. Yeah, slide, slide, slide. Give us give us the rundown. The call of St. Reacher, flanked by two elder siblings, the Huntress Reacher set off in pursuit of the slavers who had taken her younger sister. They tracked their quarry to the coast, just in time to spy the villains preparing to load their cargo onto a waiting gal. The descent to the beach, however, suddenly shifted from gentle slope to precipitous drop, and there was no time to scout a less perilous path down. Eyes rolling in fear, the antelopes, the women rode balked at the cliff's edge. At this, Reacher let out a piercing war cry spurring the mounts into a headlong rush down the rocky face to the sands below. Their slavers crumbled before the unexpected charge, and the sisters returned home triumphant, their rescued sibling in tow. Praise for her swift judgment and prompt action, Retro was raised up as a saint blessed of all. What a trooper. Damn. What a trooper. That's a good one. See, um, I, I hadn't gone through much of these ones yet, the Saints of the Twelve, because there mm-hmm. was I saw a lot of names. I was like, if I'm gonna read things on individual names, there's a lot of content. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of content. That's a good way to so, put it. The the ones that I really liked in here were the ones that we've had like places named after these saints, and we mm-hmm. haven't really understood why until now. So I think a good example would be uh, Saint Mosiam. Yeah, Saint Mosian. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, the Charlene Arboretum is named after Saint Mosian. Uh, and her story is really cool. Uh, in return for a sizable contribution to the royal treasury, the alchemists were granted a monopoly over apothecary goods. The price of medicines immediately began to rise until soon the simplest of remedies became luxuries the common folk could never hope to afford. Unable to bear the suffering of her neighbors, Mosian took action. Drawing on the wisdom bestowed by her grandmother, she gathered wild herbs on the outskirts of town, then delivered her bounty to the sick and injured in secret by weaving the herbs into flower wreaths. Uh, Was she able to deceive the guards who kept a watch for smuggled goods? Praised for her benevolence in the face of indifferent greed, Mosian was raised up as a saint, blessed of Menfina. So that was a really, really cool one. That was good. And now there's uh, manure monsters all up in her arboretum. Yeah, obviously she didn't make the arboretum. It's based off no, of the but, Saint but Mosian. It yeah. suddenly like makes so much sense why the arboretum's named after, which is really cool. I think yeah. another one would be um, Saint Adama Landama. So the Church of Adama Landama uh, in uh, Eastern Thailand, where uh, where where Sid was holed yeah. up and where we spent you know a lot of uh, the beginning of ARR kind of questing around, was uh, 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 Lalafell, who was very munificent. <laughs> this one was honestly. Uh, this one was honestly not that interesting, but basically, he he was really good at saving money and spending very little money. So he became a saint of Nadval for being a miserly little potato prick. That sounds very uh, 
Very old Don. Very yeah. old Don. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah, and one more that I like was really caught my eye was the, actually the first one, the one with St. Danifin. I was trying to think, mm-hmm. where have we heard Danifin's that? collar? Yeah. So this is an Ishgardian one. Yeah, obviously. Because of, um, For Saint Valor. Valor. Yep. I'm uh one thing I'm really looking forward to is back when you go back a few more pages, back to page eighteen and nineteen, and it talks a little bit more about the auspices. There's actually like I'd say four or five different uh, parts in here that speak about the auspices. Um, mm-hmm. There's one section in uh, where it's just speaking about other characters, where it, it goes by each auspice, each of the minor auspices, mm-hmm. tells you how old they are, tells mm-hmm. you um, what they became, how they became auspices, like what mm-hmm. was exactly their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the famous foxes here, the auspices, but they also speak about Ganon. The first, uh, the first uh, king of Doma, and he's yeah. uh, kind of the he's he's the source of all geomancy. Well, much. he's he's not. That's, not the source. That's the thing. He's the um, he's credited because we've been told. Yeah, we we yeah. we've been told in multiple places that he, that, he, yeah. that he founded geomancy, and he didn't. Um, he was trained in geomancy by like a shaman. Yeah, basically. And that and that was a huge part of why he was so effective as a, as a military general because we know how rare uh, like proper disciples of magic are in Orthard and always have been in Orthard. So it gave him a huge huge advantage. Um, but it was after he became king he sort of established a formal school of geomancy, um, which was interesting. But so, yeah, and again in his afterlife he be, he became a kami, he became he, revered as a kami. Yeah, and that's that's the one of the interesting parts for me. Anything that's a kami or a primal or an icon, I see that and I go, well, that's going to be a problem one day. <laughs> yeah. Just... Well, there's the interesting thing about the auspices as well and how, how similar, like, mechanically the auspices are to primals, even though, like, ontologically they're very different things. But the auspices, again, are revered as kami by the Orthodians. Yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, not just things like, uh, you know, like, like Susano and... Uh, and uh, Tsukuyomi uh, that are treated as as uh, as kami. It's it's also uh, mountains and uh, old kings and auspices are all treated as kami. Basically, magic. <laughs> Pretty much anything an author that could actually utilize or be related well, to of, magic it sort of makes you wonder again given what we know about the significance of prayer and the power of prayer in forming primals is maybe maybe prayer and and belief and reverence holds some part in the forming of an auspice that we don't know of well, it's it's always weird to me that these animals just suddenly go way past their expected light, their their life expectancy, and just become auspices, without people sort of forming to believe it. And when you go to the section that discusses the auspices, a lot of the times it talks about what people believed about mm-hmm. when it comes to those individual auspices, and that a lot of them are far from the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, totally. And th- those beliefs in itself could have kind of given those creatures, like for example. Mm-hmm. There is legend of a dog of a of a mm-hmm. god of a dog that was a god and it did this one mm-hmm. thing and people believe this one dog that they've encountered. Oh, this is that comic. Like, does that belief? It's going to give it power. Yeah, yeah. Does that belief in itself begin sort of bringing to life, you know, creating a vessel in a sense? Yeah. Well, you got to wonder, don't you? Because um, again, we we know that belief 
has that kind of power over over other things, over you know more fictitious things. Yeah, I mean we have fucking good King Mogglemog for that. Yeah, He's and and I mean like you know we we understand that as an animal ages, its its uh, anima grows and it sort of accrues more uh, more ether, and that's kind of all the explanation that we've had so far. But it seems like there's there's got to be a bit more to it than that. Yeah. Um, what was another part that I thought was interesting? Man, I could just go through the auspice parts the whole fucking show. Yeah, honest. honestly. Um, especially because, like, the first Eorzean Encyclopedia, like, is all about the West with, like, tidbits of Maricidian authored and stuff. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is the first one, this is the first one we have where the East, while not completely discovered in a sense, mm-hmm. is present, mm-hmm. I guess. So there's a, anything that involves the Eastern areas of authored and Hingashi or or Ivalice or, or any of those is sort of of in, in immediate interest, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Not everything, though. I mean, we even have some new information about Voidsent in here, mm. um, mm-hmm. specifically detailing Skothak. When we, they oh, actually yeah. they detail that uh, she is no one to be fucked with, apparently. Or wasn't at some point. Until because, we fucked with her. Well, her. She yeah. rivaled, apparently, before she was entombed in that body... She rivaled the cloud of darkness in terms of hierarchy. Oh yeah, in in the and we had to have assumed that because of sort of the the reverence there. Yeah, yeah, the way she's treated, the way they talk about her. Yeah, for but sure. At, but at the same time, it's not really evident when you fight mm-hmm. her that she's mm-hmm. she holds that sort of position. And we learn it's because that body like brings her down to like a lower, almost like a low. Not, she has, she's she's not reduced into hierarchy. But the body mm. is lower than where her actual power sits in the hierarchy. Right. Well, sense. the problem is, is that she's been like being drained, yeah, and used as a battery for the past fifteen hundred years. Right. Yep. So, you know, she's pretty weak. Again, when um, uh, when Diablos first woke up in Amdapur City, he was significantly weaker. So she had a similar problem. Um, so. Besides from the Karibu thing, there there are a couple of other places where we get like little hints of things that like might be coming in the law book, which is really interesting. And one of those for me was the Lambs of Dalamud, who we've heard basically nothing about since the beginning of A Realm Reborn, but were quite salient sort of at the end of 1.0. So basically when when Dalamud started descending, um, this doomsday cult formed where they, they thought that... Uh, uh, Dalamud was going to, you know, descend to the earth and purify the land and uh, take all the the true believers into heaven and destroy everyone else. Um, but we get this little note that people think that maybe the lambs of Dalamud have actually been around a lot longer in some form or another as as sort of you know moon cultists of of one description or another. Oh, moon um, cultists, Ethis. Yes, tell me more. I would love I to hear right, about this. I walked, I walked right into that one, didn't I? Yep. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. You got to um, do. So I'm going to ignore that, and I'm going to read this little <laughs> bit here. Um, Give us a page, uh, please. The page is 25. Okay. Wither the flock. Despite numbering in what religious scholars estimate to be the thousands, the lambs of Dullamud all but disappeared from the public eye immediately following the fall of the Lesser Moon. Scattered reports from across Eorzea suggest there may still be factions that continue the blood rites. However, their numbers are insignificant. Whither then did all the lambs go? 
It is quite possible that the beliefs of those cultists who survived the calamity were dismantled by the revelation Dullamud was not but an iron prison for the ethereal manifestation of a long dead worm. Having lost faith, they simply abandoned the cult and returned to their old lives. Word from the Far East, though, may suggest otherwise. Adventurers and traders have brought back with them tales of intrigue, a swelling of the ranks of those scattered tribes who pledged spiritual allegiance to the Dusk Mother, Nama, and the abductions that have followed. Is it merely coincidence, or could this prove the beginnings of something sinister? Only time will tell. Bam, bam, bam. So there are moon cultists in and around the Asium steppe now, worshippers of Nama, who have begun kidnapping children and, and, and sacrificing them and performing these blood rites Wait. in a very similar way to the Lams of Dalamud were in Eorzea. I think that's a specific tribe. It's there's there's a few tribes. Um, they're probably mostly ones in the Nama desert rather than the Azim steppe. Um, but there are, yeah, I mean, the, the Dothal for one of particularly reverent to Nama. Um, what was his name? Myth. Um, I'm trying to remember the tribe he was because there was a tribe they were a tribe. I can't remember the name of the tribe that they've been known for, like, you know, robbing and kidnapping. Mm. Um, oh, yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't think that was, like, specifically for sacrifices. I think that that's more, that's how they grow their tribe. They, they, they grow their tribe by, by kidnapping children from other tribes and raising them as, as their own. Mm-hmm. This, this, this is, like, specifically for, like, uh, ritualistic sacrifice. Right. Um, but there's de- like we definitely haven't heard the end of the Lamas of Dalamud, and there's definitely something going on in the Far East here, which is going to pay off at some point. The Baduga, that was the tribe. The Baduga, it was like that's Didacool's mm-hmm. tribe. Who Didacool, if you remember from um, mm-hmm. 4.4, he was alongside. Um, I've lost all thought, but he was in the the um, the fight with Ishtola. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, it's, yeah you you were looking for the name, and I was just like, little son, little son. <laughs> <My hand. laughs> yeah, no, they they the Baduga occupy the Dawn Throne alongside yeah. the Oranir. Yeah, you're with right. Man-Guy. Yeah. yeah, with Man Guy. Yeah, that's correct. Little son is the greatest thing. That's I don't think mentioned in this lore book. <laughs> in the next lore book, I can't wait for them to recant the patch 4.4 and I get to read that again. <laughs> that was fantastic. Um, the other, I think, major thing from the lore book, at least for me, is the fact that they've done a full page on every single one of the dungeons in the game. Yes. Every single dungeon. I was and then a whole section on weapons and armor. And the first thing I thought was like, Oh yeah, you guys remember those series? I did like a whole bunch of episodes of my law tours and Eorzea Armoire. And remember when I was making those, how frustrated I was by how little like actual in-game information there was on any of the particular weapons or on any of the particular dungeons. And now I had to basically speculate 
a hell of a lot and and do a lot of work and talk about a lot of the uh referential stuff the inspirations and stuff man i can't help but wonder like this is going to seem incredibly narcissistic of me but i can't help but wonder if koji like saw some of those videos i was like huh wouldn't it be cool if like we did like an official thing like that given that people are actually interested in that isn't that isn't that interesting that now there's like official law to us hmm (laughs) hmm this would have been really helpful in 2015. This this stuff here. <laughs> oh, um, I have a um, I, I have a question. Speaking of the dungeon related thing, um, it's been a while since okay. I've looked at or remembered kind of the dialogue around the Drowned City of Scala. How much information mm-hmm. did we have in the patch of Scala of what Scala actually was? Because I, I I just simply can't recall. Because it's in, uh, it's in it here, and I remember being very interested in that when I was reading through it, and I was like, I feel like they probably said this, and I just completely forgot. Basically, it was a fifth astral era kingdom that was uh, defeated, presumably, or supposedly, by the Marquis, like, pretty early on in the War of the Magi, um, and was subsequently, like, abandoned and forgotten. And when the flood came... Uh, that's what formed the the locks, and it was it was buried and 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 drowned and and forgotten. Yeah, because there's uh, it just goes over the symbols and the seals that mm-hmm. are placed there. The old one, um, mm-hmm. a little bit. I think, uh, yeah, the Hrodric poison tongue. I think is the same text from the, the triple triad card. Cousin uh, of Theodric, the last king of Alamigo, the noble-born Project was fifth to the yes, throne. Yeah. Is, yeah. Okay, just making sure. A lot of that in here, I, I, w- I was looking to read some of the smaller points. I'd say one of my most, my biggest disappointments was probably the section about the hunts. Because mm-hmm. it is literally just the hunt watchers from the game. It's those, those, those quotes. That's true. And that is a little disappointing, but... It's nice to have that all in one place. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I found mm-hmm. it was the same with the last law book is that um, I think they exaggerate when they say like 80% new information. I think it's more like 50, 50. Um, but the fact is that there's so much stuff that uh, will have like law forum posts on uh, that is sort of like split up in a couple of places or there'll be like an interview that Koji had where he talked about it a little bit and then another like post he made later that sort of covered a little bit more of it. And it's nice to have that all like collated in, in uh, one place. You know what I mean? Like I particularly found that with like uh, the, the sections on language and again, the sections on the saints and the sections on uh, uh, where are we? Uh we could be anywhere you want to be, Athos. Yeah. Anyway, you 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 get what I'm saying. It's like it's just a really nice sort of conveniently laid out way to to collate it, um, which just makes it like a super useful, uh, just like resource book. Like it's not it's not that often these days that I have to kind of go somewhere else other than the law book to find the information that I want. And when I have to go somewhere else, I I kind of have a much easier time remembering where it is when I reference the law book. So, um, yeah, I'm very happy. No, no, I am. Okay. All right. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. I do it a lot. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. What are you making that sound for? What are you, what are you doing over there? What are you doing over there? Sly? What do you got going? Nothing. Just looking through and, you know, 
What are you looking at then? Just looking through, just no browsing at something. I didn't see this isn't this shit. isn't the you're supposed to read it before the show, not during the show. <laughs> well, I read it on a plane. Did we did we cover the low panel? So um I was actually back recording a uh, video mm. on the opening keynote during the lore panel. So if you would like to educate me on the lore panel, I would be much appreciative of it. I'm just trying to think if there's anything. I mean, there's the vegetarian. Know. Nothing else really matters. The vegetarian was the one big, big draw of it. Yeah. Okay. So so here's here's a couple of fun facts for you, I guess. Okay. Uh, okay. So the Garland eye is uh, is hard. It's like it's like keratin. It has like a like a shell. So you could like poke it and tap it and it it would be hard. Um, cool. Phrasing. Phrasing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, the last Alamegan queen was Gridanian. She was actually from Gridania. Um, you'll notice that the plants in the Royal Menagerie are uh, native to the Black Shrouds. And the menagerie was kind of set up and, and made to kind of make her feel at home. It was her, you know, little happy space, basically. Uh, all this is dead, confirmed, 100%. All this is dead. Okay? okay. So we can, we can start wondering about that. Uh, there are about 10 known Pajali alive today. And maybe a couple more that are unknown, but only about 10, which is pretty interesting. And we know how many of them? We know three, four, five, five or six of them. Most of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. say. Um, another interesting one was the reason why there's so many L's and names in Lenosha despite the fact that it was founded by uh, Rogadon Seawolves from the far north, um, was that basically the, the Galadian, so uh, the, the ship that was fleeing from the, the battle in the north uh, that ended up kind of crashing on Vilbrand and, and founding Limsa Liminsa, they rescued some uh, shipwrecked Ellison navigators who knew about Vilbrand and, and helped them navigate back to Vilbrand uh, and uh, escape from the, the, the armada that was chasing them. So they decided to name a bunch of landmarks on Vilbrand after these Ellers and Navigators, which is pretty cool. Uh, and that was about it. Obviously, there was all, all the stuff about the fish, and that was fun. But those were a couple of little interesting things that I don't think we'd, we'd known before. We better get that patched in. That's all I got to say. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, Alice. Is it, is it the, the, the coloration of Alice be in like the next day, and it isn't yet, is it? Well, no. he he no. wrote it, and it's like in their like behind the scenes client. Yeah. But yeah, it's ready yeah, to go. Yeah. It needs to be deployed. Mm -hmm. So they probably sent it over to, as he said, the other languages. And I'm sure Germany is having the German mm -hmm. language is having a great time with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, the really funny thing: the, the guards in 4.4 in the throne room. People have sort of been wondering about them. Oh, are they, are they Asians? Are they possessed? Like, what's up with them? And uh, Koji was like, no, nah, they're just really thoroughly vetted. <laughs> <laughs> and you did, I think you did say that. And like, when I asked about it, I'm like, well, what about these, what about these guards? Are, are they in on it? Or like, no, they're, they're no, why would they be in on it? <laughs> they're, just, they're, just, they're just cool as, they're just cool yeah. as shit. They're, they're cool. Yeah. 
just bros. Yeah, they they got no problem. Yeah. Yeah. And that turns out that's 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 what's going on. It's what it is. So yeah. uh, the Alice thing is probably the most important. That Alice is dead. Yeah. To just the know thing it. is like, yeah. But the thing is like, he he made notes. You know, like he 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 followed the scientific method. Presumably, it doesn't mean that his research is gone. No, that's what that's what I was saying no. back when you were. He you said kept... he said that he had to share these findings. I imagine that someone shared his findings. Yeah, that's what I was saying when you were when you were saying you weren't sure if he was alive or dead, and I was like, "Well, mm. I mean, he had data. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter exactly. I mean, when he, when he said my word, this data, he wasn't waxing poetic. Like he was speaking literally. <laughs> this data. I mean, how else were we supposed to get his mount right for yeah, PvP? And here's and without his data. Exactly. Without his data. And near the end of his entry in, in the book, uh, at length he succeeded in creating the resonant, but his experimenting days would come to an end when he would he recklessly took battle during his the siege of Alamiga and was slain, age thirty six. Gotta admit, it's pretty stupid for him to go to battle when he's a scientist. Uh, uh, really? Really you're questioning don't, that? Don't don't pay attention to this thing when it says that people are dead. Because the last one describes the late Gaius Van Belsar. Dude, we don't this know if it's Gaius. This is written by Aeorzean scholars who are students. Are, are you confirming a bug? Are you confirming a bug? No, I'm not are confirming you? a bug. I'm confirming the fact oh, that when the, okay. first, when the first encyclopedia came out, Koji made a point of saying it's a diegetic source. It's not written by me. Me being me, me being Koji. Koji speaking in the first person there. It's written by Aeorzean scholars diegetically it's an in-game resource it's not flawless there are there are mistakes in it not 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 mistakes that he's made but mistakes that are just reflect the the limited knowledge that aeorzean scholars have it's rp unreliable narrator diegetic narrator that's really really important so when when it says that someone's dead it's not necessarily dead when koji says that someone's dead in an interview then they're dead yeah, so that's a pretty good tell. Find, we find out through yeah. um, through uh, POTD. Yeah. Um, and there, there are another, there are another couple of things in here that are that are like that. Uh, shit, I don't remember what it was. Uh, just to be clear, Koji does not write the lore; he localizes the game. Odasan is the one who. Well, they collaborate on. They collaborate, but like, but Oda Oda gets the final say. Yeah, and he like like if Koji has something to add, it'll go through Oda-san. Yeah, and and let's be real, it will go through. Oda-san doesn't say no to Koji, but Oda-san is the one that you know ticks off on it. Yeah, there was definitely something else in here like that where it said something that like we know we know better than. But only recently. It might have been on Eureka. I didn't. I didn't much enjoy the Eureka section. It was okay. Well, the Eureka section it's, just it's ongoing. We yeah. Yet. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it did obviously confirm that it's the Isle of Val and all that. But there's. Uh... Yeah, because Kryle can't make up her fucking mind. Every time she's like, "I have an idea, but I don't know." So like, it's my idea. It's, it's so like when, it's like when we do a I show. I finally finished Eureka. Like I finally finished. "Quote unquote pyros today." Oh no, it's what it was. It was uh, it was heaven on high. Yeah. So so whoever wrote um, what what are their what are their names? The Confederacy. 
No, 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 no. The, uh, not the Oni, Oni Shishu. Is it the Oni Shishu? The Oni Shishu, the ones that guard have it on there? Guard? Yeah, it's not the Oni Shishu, though. Yeah, no, it is the Oni Shishu. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, yeah, and there's a little section on the Oni Shishu uh, earlier. Whoever wrote this, they don't know the truth about the Oni Shishu, like we do. Um, and the section on Heaven on High basically reflects that. They're like, uh, we don't know what it actually is, basically. But we do. Yeah, but we do. But we do. We know more than you, book. Mm. We know more. Be it a ladder by which the gods graced their creation or a lift by which the ancients reached the moon, its legends are as diverse as they are plentiful, despite the abundance of interest. However, there have been a dearth of discoveries pertaining to heaven on high. The power of superstition has ever lain thick about the isle, promising divine wrath and its occupant, occupation by confederate forces in recent years have had a very tangible deterrent to investigation. So basically, no one, no one knows. Yeah. But we, but do. we do. I like how I like how they have the the scholar like has a a recreation of what someone believes the top would look like and I'm like mm-hmm. That's bullshit. He's he's been there. <laughs> yeah. That's, no one just and guesses that depiction. it looks like that at the top. That's bullshit. Depiction. It's way well, too accurate. Maybe maybe we're the artist or maybe we told the artist what it looked like. Maybe you know? He, uh, he just says it's... Uh, I don't remember exactly what it says. It says it's like a recreation of some kind. Mm-hmm. There is all sorts of stuff in here. Oh, man. Like, we could... Honestly, it's it's hard to really nail some things down. Um, I know the armor section I, I quite enjoyed as mm. well. Uh, it made me wish we had certain, like, bonus effects on armor based on some of their descriptions of some of the pieces. Um, I think we actually unlock certain traits through job mm-hmm. quests around the time we obtain some of these pieces minus the mm-hmm. level 70 well in the past like we've we and you think that those traits are actually associated with the armor well in the the, the monk armor of course is one of the first ones i went to and it specifically yes. makes mention of the body making it easier to uh it it string it it's it, yeah, it strings of beads in distinctive pattern straight across the garment earth tone and earth tones are believed to channel ether from the open chakra into one's fist mm-hmm which is weird because this is the level seventy armor, yeah. and it that's forbidden chakras. You know, not a level seventy skill. It's more like brotherhood. Opening mm-hmm. the chakras, which I think is no, it's not the arm guards. It is the no, it's not any of these. No, yeah, it doesn't make opening the chakras. It just it just allows basically the body is what's supposed to be a lot. What allows us to access forbidden chakra mm-hmm. as a skill, like to channel our open chakras and and put them in our fists. But we can do that yeah. without this armor. So. Yeah, it just makes it easier. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. the thing is, all all the armor is like that because uh, we project but, our ether into the armor, and it it complements our powers. I think, or something. There's some explanation well, for not, it. It's not so much that as that it it just um, uh, directs kind of the flow of our body's ether into particular points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all all. The, the armor of all the jobs kind of does stuff like that. And when you look at it, it's easy to sort of like uh, talk about and extrapolate, but it's really, really nice to have like actual, you know, affirmative information on it. You know what else is nice? I think Koji, uh, Koji likes fucking with people. Mm-hmm. Um, the specific reason I say that, and this is actually not so much that, okay. but I just like to believe it. Uh, mm-hmm. On form and function for the monk armor, uh, fabric woven mm-hmm. with this thread is better suited for chakra manipulation as it frees ether from the ambient constraint, allowing it to mm-hmm. flow without impediment. Also typical of the monk's garb are long sashes and panels of loose cloth, which dance through the air as the monk moves, distracting yeah. her foe. <laughs> <laughs> 
wow. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, shots fired. Jesus. Uh, nice wow. savage. Yeah, that I couldn't help but savage. notice that. I mean, a lot of the monk stuff is all... It actually is a, a job about deception and combat. It doesn't come through so much when we're actually fighting, but even the arm guards mention that one arm guard has a... It is Eastern influence with the uh, mm -hmm. with the Doman uh, Rosary, but that they're specifically mm -hmm. designed differently to confuse people, so they they can't mm -hmm. keep track of the movements. Mm -hmm. So they're like there's those little details, and there's like that for all of the level seventy job set armors too. And there's a ton of different weapons that are yeah. explained here as well. The Pleiades, looking over at the Astrologian arms, the books, the different books, and where they were found or what their their mm -hmm. original purposes were. Mm -hmm. um, there's even the symbols, the different symbols of power that they place inside the scholarly books and stuff like that. So there's, it's a lot. It's it's a lot. You will be reading this and rereading it by the time you finish it. You probably need to go back and reread some earlier sections just to kind of yep. process just about. It. Just about the patch stuff. The patch stuff you can probably keep. Close to the chest, though, because there's so there are just there's a retelling of just a bunch of patches in here with like there are minor details mixed in. You pointed out a couple to me on your live stream a mm -hmm. few days ago, um, but mm -hmm. there's a lot. There's a reason why we wanted to do a show about this, and we knew there was we would only cover stuff of some of our favorite stuff. Lukavi section wasn't too in depth either. It was it just kind of went over King Delita's history again, but we're unfinished. We don't know about Evilly, so there's yeah. no way the scholar could. We're still unraveling the remaining pieces there. Yeah, I mean, the Lukavi section was sort of clarifying on the difference between, like, a Lukavi and a Primal. It, yeah. wasn't, it wasn't nearly as, like, in-depth and specific as what we got in the cutscenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was still really useful. It's still really useful. It, 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 uh, one thing that's really cool about this is that it very clearly demarcates the difference between an Auspice, a Primal, and a Lukavi. Um, and that's something that a lot of people get confused about i think i find yeah i mean it's it's there's a lot of terms thrown around for things that are exactly like primals that's the whole thing has been we've constantly been redefining what a primal is mm. in the first place since 2.4 mm. and so the lukavi and, fit in that description as well I'm, I'm at the point now where like icon i feel like is just this sort of elegant umbrella term for all of these different kinds of things like a primal or an auspice or a Lukavi, like they would all be referred to as icons. Yeah. But then in Eureka, Kryle starts trying to establish a difference between like what really is an icon versus everything else because of, well, mm -hmm. Eureka. Because mm -hmm. Eureka is the icon that's chilling in there. So, mm -hmm. yes, Sly? No, that was doing Eureka. Oh, the, the emote. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot. Sorry, I don't use emotes as often. I just use slash bound slash panic, and I, I don't like use nothing else. So that's it. Yeah, Eureka's a mess. I, I can't know. believe like, how much time we've spent in there and how little we've learned about it. It's so frustrating to me. Give me some sightseeing logs. Give me some dailies. Just give well, me something. You know? well, see, here's the thing about the Encyclopedia Orzi, what I was hoping regarding mm. eureka i wasn't hoping for a section explaining eureka i was hoping for a section speaking more about the isle of val itself which yeah. is what i was hoping to learn about more like we know we know what its origins were we know but who there's a reason there. for that yeah i know there's, there's a reason, reason. yeah it'll but, be coming later but yeah, i want it be now. in the next one <laughs> like it's but it's like you, now look forward to volume three yeah. I mean, at this point, where you know every North American fan fest, I'm expecting one of these to be pre-ordered. I'm not going to get my hopes up on that because that's like a lot. 
That is a lot. He said that the first time, and look, what do you know? Right on schedule that we have number two. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. If I, if I start expecting that, then I'm going to be so disappointed when it doesn't happen. So I'm just going just gonna to hold my breath. Well, now you know how the Blue Mage mains feel. Anyway. If, right. he doesn't, look, if he doesn't do it next fan fest, I'll, I'll do it for him. How's that sound? Let's be right. Yo, Koji. I'll send you a, I'll send you a bill. I'll get writing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send I mean, Moose, Moose will do it, right? Moose already fucking, yeah. you know, like edited the thing. Moose fucked up. We found a bug. Kidding. Hey. I, only one. I, haven't, I haven't found any others. There's only, mm. only that. It creators. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Koji said there were a lot of bugs with the first one, so. Yeah. And Moose caught all of them, just about. Yep. That was a, that was a fun that was a fun time. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we could go on talking about the lore book for hours, but yeah, we could. I suspect could. that we should probably <laughs> move forward, move towards the end oh. of the show a little bit faster. Um, what are you making that face for? What? What do you? What do you still got on your mind, though, Athos? No, nothing. I just want to sit down and like read through the whole book live with you. I did guys. that on Thanksgiving. Like I literally met, let people vote on what sections of the book we were going to read, and on Thanksgiving, I've been doing that. I've been doing that every stream. I've been reading like a different section. So I'll be streaming soon, hey, guys. Let me know what you want I'll me to be streaming read this you. evening. So if you want more lore book stuff, that's going to be the place to be. Did y'all read the the missionary diary? No. Oh God! It's so Is that funny. a euphemism? <laughs> I knew it. I was going to say the. Same thing. You playing a little five on one? What's going on? Play a little five oh on one. Hand out some free literature. Go feed the ducks. Go to the kitchen. Mix up a batch. How are you know? We we made this reference last week, by the way, Ethos. Just yeah, just did. so you're abundantly aware. We, he was there. He was there. He saw it. He wasn't there last week. No, no, no. When at FanFest, when I, I know, but I'm saying when, last when we were feeding the ducks together at FanFest. <laughs> feeding the ducks. Go to the kitchen, mix up a batch, hand out some free literature. It's so stupid. It's so funny, right. though. All right. All right. This is this is derailed. Let's wrap it up. All right. Let's wrap it up. No pun intended after all that. It, anyway. <laughs> there you go. No, nah, we never wrap it. it up. What are you talking about? Dude, the lore on the Coliseum shout did crack. I, I brought that up on my stream. They literally said that. It was it was it was it was uh, glamour over function. It was like not meant to protect. It was oh, yeah. meant. It was it was Coliseum, so it was meant to make them look attractive to patrons of the Coliseum. Yeah, that was it. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So they just so it's like they just turned them into to slut armor, literally. Yeah. Um, glamour, so, the true in game. Yes, pretty much. So if you guys are looking to get the lore book, I believe they restocked on volume one and two. On the website, yeah. I know, I know, I heard, saw some people say they had re, they had pre-ordered Volume One and they were waiting on their Volume Twos yep. to get there. You should be on them right now, unless you live in Australia and the Square Enix store doesn't ship to Australia because they fucking hate us. <laughs> Square Enix fucking hates Australians. But uh, yeah, you can always get these whenever reprints are available. Check the Square Enix store; they go fairly quickly, so you definitely want to mm -hmm. get them as soon as your your paycheck would uh, abide and. Uh, you know, get reading because there's a lot of stuff we didn't go over in here that I'm sure that if, especially if you're someone who didn't play earlier, like you're newer to the game. This is a pretty good way of getting caught up in it from a, an Eorzean scholar's perspective. But uh, getting way, the, what's the availability on one? They, they restocked this morning on one. OK, yeah, it's I don't know. It's not available in the EU store at the moment, but it's on the NA store. 
It's on the NA store, but the EU store. Just keep an eye on it. If they have a waiting list, they'll email you and yep. they're available. Yep. So uh, sign yep. up for that waiting mm -hmm. list. And as soon as you see one available, just grab it, pretty much. Assuming you're interested in this kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, so we got... I've gotten some feedback regarding some stuff, guys. And uh, this will be the last week we do things this way. But uh, we're going to start breaking up our end of the show kind of related stuff into beginning, middle, end. So uh, beginning of the show is sponsored by Steel Series. We're not doing it this week only because... I didn't prepare it for this week. Uh, truth. So beginning of the show, sponsored by Steel Series announcement, giveaway, middle of the show. Um, we can bring up any sort of miscellaneous announcements kind of there and end of the show, do the Patreon sponsors only. And that way we don't do it all at the end like I tend to do. And you guys sit there with your thumbs up your asses waiting for me to finish so you could say goodbye. Sound good? I'm going to make it quick this week, though. Every, every month we have a Steel Series giveaway on the YouTube section. Go to the giveaway in the description. Enter. It's a chance to win free shit. Do it. Bam. Done. Second, next week's show, Frosty and some members from the winning FRC Team Synergy 6 for the North American are going to be Woo! joining us to go over a PvP community, their inside <laughs> perspective regarding that, and, of course, on the tournament overall. And uh, third and finally, we have to thank our Patreon sponsors uh, who have been sponsoring the show through hashtag demonetized for quite some time. Of course, we have our Warriors of Light. Now, I do not believe they have provided me with new images. And as such, <laughs> and I, I forgot that I had Mary's Yikes journal. <laughs> yeah, I have his Yikes journal still yikes. In, the, in the same tab. So I was going over this to yikes. show. I was going over to this tab to show to show the images. And I <laughs> forgot, forgot about that. Oh, my God. I'm so glad we had that on the show last week. That was... That was wonderful. Anyway. Alright, so with that, oh, Ethos, that's not very nice. So uh <laughs> talking shit about PvP in, in my chat. It was a fun tournament to watch, okay? It was. It was, was high-level play. It was high-level play, and that finals was hype, dude. It was packed for the final. Not yeah, yeah. we esports we now. Yeah, exactly. Uh so, was we have to thank our patrons of light, Kucha Cross on Genova. This is their image. We want to make this wrap up a little quick, so I won't do any of the weird thank yous. Just a straight up thank you for being a patron of light. We also have Kurnai Oni, who really wants to eat a giant Namazu, even though it's not real. I think he needs to realize that. Uh, so thank you, both of you, for being the <laughs> patron. <laughs> you like that? You fan it's of that? Fucking Kurnai. You fan of that? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, even that. So thank you to our patrons of light. We also have all of our other sponsors over on patreon so let me take a big deep breath <sighs> craze demeter from midgard uh prismind x carol ray senchi shadowlink on tonberry dom asuka wake from genova lamillionella migrid sarmer siren the fennel family johnny Yatsu, kepkin the great eagles on exodus dark graver kadeoshi from kujata skis a funny from ragnarok ronlander west also purple warrior warrior magic red seal on exodus lexi valentine mentor and the revivers fc from zodiac sarah cream and tribes from genova renoa chikara goisha valfar and siren Phoenix Down FC on Goblin and Serum from Zodiac. Those are uh, standard sponsors here for State of the Realm. And we have our elite sponsors for State of the Realm. We have Alchemy, Shinka, Casual Heroes FC on Midgard's Armor, Tatachi Taka on Hyperion, Kanazuki from Genova, Yustala from Coral, Sathal, Sarah Frost from Behemoth, Holy Tabasco, Red Thorn, Sura, Crash 015, Mustang, Strider FC on Ultros, Kat Kazuma, Ignis Faragun from Excalibur, Blaster Fanfret, Not Quartz from Excalibur, Krovis Moonscar, uh, Private Mikey, Nani Kirasami, Rudy Rudiger, uh, Killer Hackman, Raw Jr., and Killtastic Jones. Thank you. Very much. Thank Damn. You, everyone. Get shit on Thank PvP you. over esports, over lore, over Ethos. Dude, I I read Those that message that words. was deleted. Those are fighting words, Ethos. Yeah. Get fucked. Not only is dude just straight. Oh, he turned his camera. Oh off. wow. 
Oh, why do you do wow. that? <laughs> oh, I didn't want you to see him cry. <laughs> can you can you turn the camera back on now? <laughs> that's a one. That's a wonderful shot for the. That is a good. Please, somebody, somebody, get that, please, please. Yeah, yeah. That was that was wonderful. Okay, all right, gentlemen. With that, I think it's time to sign off for the week. So, uh, Ethis, uh, once you're done mopping up your tears, uh, why don't you mm. uh, tell everyone where they can find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitch pretty much every day. Twitch.tv slash Ethis Asher. Uh, YouTube.com slash Ethis Asher. I'm going to have a video out. Ooh, not today. Probably in the next couple of days on um, the Shadowbringers trailer. And uh, 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 I mean, we're talking a bit about it earlier today, but that's going to be a full sort of deconstruction of that. Should be fun. Uh, Twitter, everywhere else, Instagram, Facebook. Ethis Asher, go follow me in the places. And uh, thanks so much for having me again. It's always always a lot of fun. It's good having you, believe it or not. All right. Oh. There you go. I'm just saying it's good. You may not believe oh, it, but it's good. I don't, but thanks. That's fine. I can't wait for the Air Zivia on this book. <laughs> <laughs> Sly, on the other hand, does not look like he's looking forward to that, just based on the uh, imagery you have on the screen right now. So... Uh, Sly, uh, why don't you tell them where they can, uh, find you, uh, not studying enough for Aorzivia. Thanks. Love you. You can find me at twitch.tv slash Sly, aka Fox, Twitter at Sly the Fox, Instagram at Sly, aka Fox 7 YouTube.com slash The Velvet Room, Facebook.com slash Sly, aka Fox. Um, thank you for allowing me a few days to rest because doing back-to-back -back cons is draining it fucking it, it doesn't suck until you get home and you feel oh, yeah. <laughs> but um thank you for allowing me today's rest we are back to regularly scheduled programming um doing trails on friday like we're always going to do trails on friday because that's what you voted for um need to finish up need to hurry up and finish up red dead 2 so i can start super robot wars and we could be the most anime channel on twitch I'm really looking forward to that. So, yeah. Um, tonight, however, is going to be special. Um, if, if you feel like, if you like, if you like doing a little boogie, doing a little dance. You know? Sly, please don't tell uh, me that's what I think it is. Is pigs ass for it? Is bear shit in the woods? Does Pinocchio have wooden balls? Bet your ass it is. Are there are one too many persona dancing games, <laughs> or three too many. <laughs> Which which one are you doing? The the five or the three? Isn't is five or three even out yet? I got no, offered yet, some review codes. Yeah, you're doing four. You're doing no, four. No, no, I'm doing no. I'm, they're not officially out, but I, oh, you I, got you got your review copy. Okay. Do I want review copies, Sly? I know nothing about Persona. I got offered some review copies. This is not uh, this is the, a rhythm game. Not a. It's a rhythm game. So the like it's like persona music is good music. So that's if, true. If you, that's true. If you yeah. like the music, then yeah, definitely, definitely go for it. Or I'll think about it. Well, I'm excited to see that Sly. Thank you. I want to see Sly play just dance. That's far more entertaining to me. No, you don't. Yes. <laughs> can, can, can we can we get yes. that? Can we get that as a fucking yes. as a fucking stream goal for Sly to get him to play no, just dance? No, oh, that'd be so no. good. Oh, please, God, no. 
Okay. You could do like a Katy Perry song or something. Oh. Habs, can you just tell everybody where I can find you so we can just get the fuck off of this subject? You can find me starting uh starting a uh, a GoFundMe for Sly to play uh to play just dance of any kind. He's not having it off screen right now. Um but uh yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get to that eventually. In other places you can find me are Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Mr. Happy 1227. So, uh, but I know you don't care about that. We just want this whole, this whole slide doing just dance thing to happen. It's far more important than where you can find me at, but, uh, be on the lookout for 5.0 related stuff as it becomes available. We're expecting a live letter in the next several weeks. And on top of that, there's some fun stuff going on. Another MMO related thing I'll be doing soon is checking out Pantheon on December 2nd. We'll be live streaming that. So, uh, that's going to be fun. Check out something a little bit old school, uh, Valkyria Chronicles four. I jumped into, and that was hilarious. I've never distrusted a sniper early game as much as I've ever have before. And uh, we're still finishing up World of Final Fantasy Inspire 100% for new stuff. Plus there's Smash coming out. Plus there's Last Remnant coming out. <sighs> it's about to get very busy. And Noctis comes out in Opera Omnia tomorrow. So I need to do that too. So anyway, that's going to be it for uh, for me. So uh, gentlemen, if you don't have anything else to add, I think we can move on over into a post show. And then I'm going to go get... Korean barbecue in like two hours. Oh, Yo, hell yeah! Let's yeah. fucking go, boys. Yeah, yeah, there's one literally like a block yeah. away. So whenever I want one, I just I literally just walk out I'll the door. You. Yeah, there's a lot of food in LA. It's pretty nice, and I love meat. Get ready for the meat sweats. I mm. finished two of the meats that Anthony made for me. I already got one bag left. So oh, that's so good. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so so good. Yeah, I finished my bag like. The day I got back. Oh my god! So Jesus Christ! I want meat. Right Thank now. you again, Anthony. Thank you so Thanks. much. Thanks. Thanks. All right, but with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go into a short post show, and then uh, we will see you next week for the PvP show with uh, Frosty and uh, a couple members of Synergy Six. So thank you for joining us this week, and we'll see you next week. So have a good one. Bye bye. See you next week. Bye. Bye bye.